The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. So if you miss that and you want to catch it, you can do so up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live in that little area. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the uh, <clears throat> play button, blow it up on whatever device you got there. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there this morning. Good morning, guys. Good to see you. Um, so, yeah, join us over there, and then be sure to subscribe to the channel. The channel is Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble. And then also we're on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. I uh, appreciate those guys giving us a spot for the morning and the afternoon show as well. And then right up under where we're streaming live on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right side of the page there, right up under that is where you can sign up for the email newsletter. That goes out once a day, late afternoon, early evening. All the articles we have, including the morning show archive, and yes, I did get all those cranked out there yesterday i uh so you see i put two you guys who are on the video channel i got the last two days on there i didn't get the the, the one with uh, john richardson up until uh yesterday evening same thing with uh, yesterday's show so sometimes i just have a lot of stuff that interferes with that our store is also available accessible from the sons the store link there and uh, of course we're highlighting the soldier of the cross and <clears throat> this is bradley's new book uh, we've got a bundle out, $34 for the book, dog tag of your color choice, black or silver, and uh, your size in a t-shirt for $30, $34, a little more if you're double X or larger. Uh, same thing on the t-shirts, $20, that's where they start, a little more for double X. Uh, if you want just the t-shirt or if you want just the book, it's $10, as well as all the profits we're pointing to the front. That's a new book by Bradley, $10 on that. And then, of course, the dog tags, if you want to pick those up in the store, they're $8 each. So you can do that. All right, so I hope that uh, 
somebody was listening that requested that. I think Carol Ann wanted some skillet this morning. So that was a good way to kind of get the blood pumping, I guess, if you <laughs> want to say that. Uh, I haven't listened to any of that in quite a while, but uh, that'll, that'll get your blood pumping. Okay, so I've got a couple of things here. I'm just going to share these. By the way, I'm going to turn this on uh, because, you know, I don't want anybody saying that, you know, I want to cut people off or whatever that disagree with me or any of that other. You're welcome to disagree with me uh, over a lot of stuff. The number is 803-619-9855. And, and we'll have a cordial conversation. If, if you can respect me, I'll respect you. We'll have a cordial conversation. Everybody knows that who's heard me take the calls. If you call in and, you know, you're, you're off the rails, well, then expect the same. Expect to be off the phone. But I'd love to hear from you. If you disagree with me and you want to bring some things up, that's fine. Um, over what we did yesterday with the CI uh, Schofield um, you know, video. I was thinking this morning, David probably had no idea at the time he was doing it. And I certainly didn't have any idea at the time I did the video that I was going to be playing it to thousands of people on the radio and then thousands more on video platforms. He probably had no clue that we're going to do that, you know, however many years on it's been. It's been more than 10 years. It's probably been like 12 or 13 that that video was done. And I think David hits all the highlights of what's going on. And, you know, I had some comments uh, here recently. And um, sometimes it's just, it's amazing to me. Some of you guys may know a particular guy here. You on the video platforms, you may, you may be familiar with this guy right here. And um, he says, we're just working up to some beast peace. Then the end, we prove MBS is the beast here. Um, You know, and and it's got a lot of pointing to the guy from Saudi Arabia and stuff like this. And it's like, look, guys, I already see what's going on over there. The problem is not seeing what's going on there. The problem is, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, the Bible talks about, in 1 Corinthians 13, it's often quoted at, you know, weddings and all kinds of stuff like this, about the love chapter. And it says you can understand all prophecy and have all knowledge and all this stuff, but if you don't have love, you're a noisome sound. You're a clanging cymbal. You're an aggravation. Okay? And this is what goes on. Uh, because he's talking about this covenant. And I simply told him he should go back and interpret Daniel 9 correctly. Because it has nothing to do with what the guy's claiming. It, again, this is that dispensational stuff that was being shot down yesterday. And you know exactly where they got it. They didn't get it from the Bible. They got it from mishandling the Bible. And whether this guy knows it or not, he's been influenced by Schofield too. By the way... All of that, and what I'm going to talk about today, does not make me an anti-Semite. I could go down this road, too. Remember I had told you that socialists change and Marxists change their words? The definition of words. Do you know what a Semite is? It isn't a guy that looks European. It isn't a guy that looks like me. It's a guy that looks like a Semite. He looks like he's Middle Eastern. That's a Semite. And the vast majority of people in Israel who would say they're Jews don't look Semitic at all. There's a small percentage of them that are. There are. But it doesn't mean that I hate them either. 
this this thing because you disagree with the geopolitical state of Israel makes you an anti-Semite, a terrorist, a hater. You should be deported. We're going to hear some of this nonsense. Because you support the lives of both the Israeli people as well as the Palestinian people. And I'm not talking about Hamas, and I'm not talking about the Israeli government and the IDF. I'm talking about you actually support the people and their right to live, not to be murdered. Whether it's through missiles or whether it's through guns or knives or whatever the case may be. By the way, we've got reports out that say Israel is the one who was commanding their own forces to attack their own people. Now, how hard is that to believe considering what we've seen in our own country, our own, our own government attacks us? We've seen it in other countries where their governments are attacking. Israel was one of them. I mean, they were pushing the COVID shots nonstop. They had people dying all over the place. Does that make the Israeli government anti-Semitic? Let's be consistent here. We got a lot of conservative talking head knuckleheads that do this stuff too. They won't make distinction. They just lump everybody into, into one thing. Look, even, even you've heard me say it, even among the Muslims... Not all the Muslims are the same. They're really not. I met some wonderful Muslim people. Had some on the show. I wouldn't say they're probably being consistent with Muhammad and what, what he wrote, but I met some wonderful people there. That doesn't make it right. That make the ideology right. I'm against the ideologies. The Bible says that our weapons are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. Now, what are those strongholds? Where do they go on at? Right there. Well, I should say right here. It's where your heart is. You know, we're learning certain things about the heart it, that it's not some, you know, just a blood pumper thing. I mean, when the Bible talks about guarding your heart with all due diligence... Now, I think it's talking about exactly what you think it's talking about. We're to guard it. Those things are in us. And this is why I think Kate brought up several weeks ago. Oh, I forget the word she used. I want to say perigenetic or something. Maybe somebody can help me out. But anyway, uh, where people who received organ transplants took on personalities or they had memories of the person that they received the organ from. Oh, Tim, that's a demon. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know what the phenomenon is. But I know the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the blood, and the organs are bloods. And I can't get past that thought that, boy, there is something to the human body and the spirit working together. I mean, God's put us in this body for a reason. Anyway, I don't want to get off on that. I, I went way down a rabbit trail there. So I, I, told, I encouraged this guy. I said, you need to interpret Daniel 9 correctly. Understand that the Christ is in focus in that passage of the 70 weeks. Those 70 weeks are done away with. We've been through this, I don't know how many times, but it seems we need to go over it again. And the covenant that's made is made in the midst of the week. We could go back down that road again, but I'm just going to give you the, the Cliff's Notes part of that. But if you go back and read Daniel 9, I think it's 27 and following, you'll read about the 70 weeks, or the 490 years, that's what that is, that are determined upon thy people. 
the people of Israel at the time. And we're told there's a certain timeline that's going to happen. 483 years are going to pass from the time that the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem and the wall and the temple and all that other. And they're given that time, and at the end of the 483 years, after that, shall Messiah come. That's what Daniel says. Now, Jesus came on, and I think it's Luke who records that he began to be about 30 years old. Probably like 29 and a half. That's what we're calculating when we go down through the Gospels and we see how many times the feasts appear. Three years, over a course of three years. So we're assuming he, he ministered for about three and a half years openly as Messiah. And then it says, in the midst of the week. So if, he, if you got a week that's seven years, and he, Daniel says that he comes and he makes a covenant, or he's cut off in the midst of the week, or excuse me, he's cut off. I need to go to the passage here so I get it right. But he's cut off. The Messiah is, but not for himself. And then it goes on to say, he makes a covenant with many in the midst of the week. He's doing that. And what do we see Jesus do the night before his betrayal? He takes the cup. He's taken the bread. He broke it. He says, this is my body. It's given for you. Eat this in, in remembrance of me, right? And then he takes the cup and he pours the wine and he says, this is the cup of the covenant in my blood, which is shed for many. So it's almost identical language to what Daniel says in Daniel chapter 9. Same, it's almost the same thing. And it happens in the midst of the week. Right in the midst of it. So, when I talked about exegesis with this guy, here's, this is his response. No kidding. I, 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 don't, I, can't, even, I can't even take it serious. Exegesis, I have the perfect understanding on the matter, and you clearly do not. <laughs> P.S. You deny my permission to use your work as you've done with Mark Steele. I guess the guy's never heard of fair use, uh, but in any case, uh, he doesn't have a problem taking other people's work and using it in his stuff, like Greg Reese, who he calls a Jesuit. Uh, by the way, look at what he does to me. At best, you're deceived. At worst, you're another stinking wolf in sheep's clothing. Setting brush fires, 84. Tim Brown, 42. Jesuit, 84, 42. Whatever that means, I don't know. Is that like the jersey number I'm supposed to wear or something? I, I don't even know what any of that stuff means. I, th these people, like this, get on these trips where they're finding a devil, a Jesuit, or something under every rock. Now, I'm not against... Pointing out Jesuits and stuff. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. That's fine. But these people just go making claims without any evidence. I don't even know what the 8442, some kind of probably gematria or something like that. I, I put it in. I put it in. It didn't come up with these numbers. But nevertheless, the point is, is this. This is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with people who do not do what we talked about yesterday, or what David talked about yesterday, and that is they don't rightly divide the truth, the word of truth. And because they don't do that, because they, they pull text from their context, and they start, try to make it into something, they extrapolate it out in their eschatology, and they pull their eschatology back over their theology... That's what dispensationalism is. I'm not... Again, I understand there's dispensations. 
Bible talks about dispensations. I get that. We're talking about dispensationalism. And this wants to separate the law completely out of the new covenant. It wants to separate Israel and the church. Guys, they are one in the same. I had somebody pop in one of the videos, and they expressed, this is, you know, I, although this is a video on replacement theology, they obviously weren't listening, because I think I said that right at the first. It's not replacement theology. It's expansion theology. In the Old Covenant, everybody in Israel were not from the loins of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They weren't. Abraham had 318 men. We've talked about this. Well-trained men that worked for him. That they went to battle against the kings to get Lot out. Were they from his loins? No, they weren't. But did they get the sign of the covenant of circumcision? Yes, they did. Were they in the covenant? Yes, they were. And you watch and you see when Jacob goes down to Egypt, Joseph calls his father down, his brothers come live with him. Everybody that comes with them aren't their family. They're servants in the midst of that. Are they a part of Israel? Yes, they are. We find people like Caleb. We find people like Ruth. We find other people. Um, uh, what's the chick's name? The, the, she's the harlot in, um, I'm having a mental block here, Rahab. We find people who come in from the Gentile world into Israel. They become citizens of Israel. Just like we read about in Ephesians 2, they made God their God, the true God, and they served him and they wanted to live among his people and they wanted to keep his law. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to honor the true and living God. And they were Gentiles and they came into Israel. Guess what? Majority of you listening to me are in the same boat. And you came into Israel too. So what we're hearing about Israel over there, if you were paying attention yesterday, you can see it so clearly as to how this dangerous theology, and it is dangerous, got into our political landscape, has affected our foreign policy, which then affects our economic policy, our policies. It affects uh, how we're going to deal with uh, whether or not we're going to make indentured servants of your boys and girls and send them off in a draft. I'm going to tell you something. i got a message for everybody at the federal level and at the local level that wants to try to enforce that. No. Not getting my kids. You're not getting my kids to go fight a war over bad theology that you have and over your corporate you know, infrastructure you're wanting to pave. I told you yesterday briefly uh, about the Silk Road issue. I had a video up about that. I, I want to say this one right here was one of the... Um, uh, this one that this guy was commenting on, but I don't want to play it because I, I forgot. So, <clears throat> but the guy lays out what they're doing here, and it's to establish the old Silk Road from China going up through Israel and on up. And I think it's into Ireland. That's what they're wanting to do. You got to see the big picture of what they're doing. And they're expanding their land in the process. They're, they're killing people. Oh, it's him. That must mean you're for Hamas. No, I'm not for Hamas. Remember, Hamas was created by Israel. Just keep that in mind. They were created by Israel. Just like our CIA created Al-Qaeda, ISIS, all that other stuff. Same thing, same principle. They think they're going to control people. They think they're going to grab a pit bull, okay, that's been 
treated badly all its life. They're going to grab it by the ears and they're going to use it to their own advantage, but they don't realize that thing's going to turn back around and it's going to bite them. It's going to bite them. And the old proverb is, if you pick a dog up by its ears, you better let him go. Right? And that's what they do. That's what they do. So keep it in mind, when I'm talking, I'm talking about ideologies. The people I love, I want them to hear the gospel. I want them to come to Christ. I want God to bless them. I want them to bless their families. I want them to bless their countries whether it's Palestine or Israel or whatever, but I want them to come to Christ. I don't want them to play this game that somehow Israel says, we're God's chosen people because we say we're Israel and we say we're Jews. I got a little something for you. For people who want to go down that route, who haven't really looked at Scripture and taken into account all that's going on, I had somebody tell me the other day, well, Tim, it says that uh, he's going to bring them back into the land. Yes, it does. Under what conditions? Once they're repentant. See, when you go back to... Understand, when those promises were made back there in Deuteronomy uh, 28 about the blessings, cursings, Deuteronomy 30, where he says he'll bring them back into the land after this, understand God did that. (laughs) What do you think the story of the Babylonian captivity is about? What do you think Daniel is writing from? He's writing from the Babylonian captivity. Daniel chapter 9 says he was reading Jeremiah. Jeremiah said they were going to be in captivity for 70 years under Babylon, under Nebuchadnezzar and those who followed after him. And Daniel's reading that. He's praying. He's confessing his sins and the sins of his people. And what happens? Well, the angel comes and gives him this this message, right? Nevertheless... God delivered them the way he said he would. And God was patient with them for centuries, calling them to repentance, sending his prophets. And they wouldn't listen. They would not listen. So, just like in the parable of Vineyard, where he sends all of his, uh, all of his workers to confront the Vineyard guys who's caring for the Vineyard, which is... Um, the parable for the Pharisees there. He sends his workers there, and they say, hey, you know, give us what to do. And so they beat them, and they they mock them, and they do all these things to him. And he goes, well, what in the world? They kill him? Okay, I'll send my son. Maybe they'll listen to my son. And he's talking about Jesus. And Jesus goes, and what do they do? They conspire. Yeah, there's a conspiracy that goes on. They come together and they say, eh, let's, let's kill the heir. Then we'll take the vineyard. It'll be ours. <laughs> that's, that's what they're doing. And then what does Jesus do? Well, he submits to that. Why? Because he's paying a price for sinners. He's paying so that we can be reconciled back to the God we've sinned against, that we violated his law. And when that happens, we become a part of the true biblical Israel. In fact, for people who don't get it, all right, um, yeah, sorry about that vape. We're not going to do spam here, bro. If you're wanting to be a part of it, that's cool. So what does Jesus do? Well, let's take a look here. This is from John 8. Um. I'm keep backing up. I almost want to read the whole chapter. 
just so you get the context. Just by, I think by reading it in context, just pointing out a couple of things, it, it opens the mind up to see these things in their context. So let me just try this. We'll pick it up at verse 20. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, I want you to keep that in mind, because the scripture does say, they're saying they're Jews. Remember, keep in your mind, Paul says, all that are Jews are not Jews. All Israel is not Israel. The one who is the true Jew is the one circumcised of the heart, not of the flesh. Okay? But keep that in mind that that's said here because you're going to see Jesus correct that in what he's doing here. But John says, then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he saith, whither I go, ye cannot come. And he saith unto them, ye are from beneath. I am from above. Ye are of this world. I'm not of this world. I said therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he... And by the way, you notice he is in italics. That means it's not in the original. So what he's saying is, for if you believe not that I am. Anybody know where that comes from? Yep, that's the I am who spoke to Moses out of the burning bush and said, go tell him that I am sent you. If you don't believe that I am, if you don't believe I'm the self-existing, if you don't believe I'm the eternal Yahweh, ye shall die in your sins. That's what Jesus said. I didn't say it. That's what he says. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the Son of God, Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am, and notice that he is in italics, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, that lifting up is talking about his death on the cross. Okay? Then ye shall know that I am, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. Let me just put that in there too. By the way, if you want to call in, 803-619-9855, 803-619-9855. Notice he says this, If ye continue in my word... Then are ye my disciples indeed. Friend, are you in the word? Just asking. If you're not in the scriptures, whether you're listening to them, reading them, you're not putting them in at all. How do you call yourself a disciple of Christ? Jesus says that you, you can't do that. If you continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. If you're not continuing the word, you're not Christ, and you need to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Okay? And then he says this, Because you're in the word, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.
you don't get free from listening to podcasts, necessarily. <laughs> Unless they got the word going on, right? You don't get free from hearing people give you all kinds of evidence of how bad the government is. You don't get free from, you know, hearing what ingredients are in the COVID shots. I'm not saying those things aren't important to know, but you, it doesn't make you free. A lot of people know that, and they're still slaves in the system. So that doesn't make you free, but Jesus says you'll know the truth. Why? Because you're continuing in his word, and that makes you free. And freedom is not, I think it's independent of liberty. Freedom is the state of mind that you're in. Even when you're put in jail, in shackles or whatever, man, have you read some of the stories of godly men who spent their many years or their lives in prison? Man, some of those guys were the freest people that I've, I've read. They didn't base their freedom on their circumstance. But their liberty was taken from them. Their liberty to do what they were doing was taken from them. But were they free? Oh, yeah. And Paul talks about him being in, behind bars in chains, and yet the word of God was loosed. It was unleashed. It was not bound by chains. So let's go back to what Jesus is saying to these guys. Remember, they say they're Jews. Okay? They answered him, we be Abraham's seed. Now get this, guys, who disagree with me, and you want to talk about some kind of, you know, physical pedigree and stuff like this. you got to come from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've already demolished that. That's just not true to be a part of Israel. That's just not true. It's never been true. Here's guys Jesus is dealing with that hate his guts and everything else about him. We be Abraham's seed. Then they just exacerbate the lie. And we're never in bondage to any man. Really? <laughs> I guess they lost a lot of their history here, or just, you know, selective memories or whatever. But he says, I, we're not in bondage to any man. They were under the throne of Rome when they said this. Daniel 9, we go, we go back in there. They were under the Medes and the Persians then. They were under Babylon before that. <laughs> we're never in bondage to any man. And we're Abraham's seed. Oh, yeah, the Scriptures correct that nonsense too. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth. Let me bring something up here. I forgot to uh, turn on the phone thing, so sorry about that. Uh, I don't think anybody's been trying to call in, but just in case you were, I forgot to turn that on. So I'm just taking a second to turn that on. Okay, so he said, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Friend, are you submitting yourselves to the things that are against God's law? Are you lying? Are you stealing? Are you coveting? Are you committing adultery? Are you fornicating? Are you murdering? Do you hate somebody in your heart? Do you lust after somebody in your heart? Are you dishonoring your mother and father? Are you keeping the Sabbath day? Are you uh, have, putting up other gods before you? Are you setting up graven images, bowing down and worshiping those things? Are you taking the Lord's name in vain, claiming you're a Christian when you live like the devil? Well, you're submitting yourself to sin, and you're being a slave of sin. That's what you're being. 
And this is, and that has you in bondage. It doesn't free you. It promises you liberty, doesn't it? It promises you that. It's like the false teachers. They come pr- promising them liberty, but they themselves are the slaves of corruption. What's the answer? It's the Christ, the one who's speaking here. He calls men to repent, to turn from their sin. Why? Because he's already taken care of the punishment for sinners. That's what he was doing, reconciling men back into God on the cross. That's what he was doing. Okay, and so he says this, And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. Okay? If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. There's no question that if Jesus sets you free, you are free indeed. There's no doubt. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me. In other words, he recognizes they came down the lineage of Abraham. That doesn't make them right with God. It doesn't make them God's people either, by the way, okay? Remember what Paul says about the circumcision and all this. That doesn't make you God's kids. That's what these guys are claiming when they're saying we're Abraham's seed. He said, I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. Go ahead. I want the Christians who want to go be, you know, buddy-buddy with the government of Israel. Go ahead. Get Netanyahu. Get his cabinet. Get you know, what, whatever this new president guy is, I forget his name. Get these guys up there and, and start talking to them about Jesus. And you tell me that you should be tied with them, that you should be allied with them. Nope, you should be the exact opposite. John tells us in Second John, we're not to bid an, one who bears antichrist doctrine. And antichrist doctrine is spelled out in First and Second John. Antichrist, that's the only place where you read that, that word. It's not anywhere. It's not in the book of Revelation. It's not in Daniel. It's not in any other book. It's only in First and Second John. And it boils down to somebody who holds a doctrine that Jesus did not come in the flesh. And John's the one who told us in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that Word is Jesus Christ because later he says he became flesh. I believe it's verse 13 of John chapter 1. So understand what's going on there. And understand what Jesus is putting to these Jews. Okay? He goes and he says this. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. So he's distinguishing two fathers from two different kinds, from two different people. One himself, the other those who claim they're Abraham's seed and are Jews. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth. I mean, you can hear you know, Paul echoing this later on when he says that, Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? But now ye seek to kill me, a man who hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Abraham didn't do that. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Isn't that right? Yeah. Then he says this. 
ye do the deeds of your father. Oh, Jesus, you anti-Semite. That's anti-Semitic hate rhetoric. Don't you know, Jesus? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe that you would, would tell them this. And it gets worse because he's not going to let up. Then said they to him, we be not born of fornication. Jesus, we know about you. We know your mom and daddy weren't married when you were conceived. That's right, because the Holy Spirit planted a body in Mary's womb, and Jesus went and entered that body. No, they didn't have sex. I know some people have said that stuff. That's not what's going on there. It doesn't say that at all. And he says this, They said unto him, We be not a fornication. We have one Father, God, that even is in italics too. So it's just there to help you understand what's being communicated. But even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me. Hmm, isn't that interesting? For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? He doesn't say, you don't have ears. It's not like you can't hear sounds and frequencies that are coming off there. It's not that. He's saying you cannot hear. It's about their ability to hear what he's saying and comprehend it and submit themselves to. Do you know the sinner, apart from the work of the Spirit of God, they can blast the Bible into their ears 24-7, and if the Spirit of God does not quicken them, they will not hear because they cannot hear. They don't have spiritual ears to hear what's being said to them. Same thing's true with these guys right here. In fact, Paul says that in, in uh, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians, where he talks about they, don't, they, they lack the ability, they cannot comprehend the things of God. Oh, they can spit it back out to you, but when it comes to living it, practicing it, whole different thing, okay? So let's get that again because he's going to launch into this. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my word. You cannot hear it. And then he says this, ye are of your father, the devil. Now, now wait a minute, wait a minute. This would be today's Congress. This would, uh, oh, I'm going to play some of these videos. We might go over a little bit. I meant to play some of these at the first. I'm going to play some of these videos, okay? Had Jesus come to the U.S. Congress and said something like this to the Pharisees of his day in the midst of our Congress, our Congress would be calling him an anti-Semite. Jesus, we gotta support these anti we gotta support these antichrists. They call themselves Israel, they call themselves Jews. The Bible talks about Israel, the Bible talks about Jews, so we've got to support them. Not realizing who the true Israel is and who the true Jew is. You don't believe me? Let me play a couple of these. This is uh, you know, I played Johnson. And look, we're gonna see what he does. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt things, but he's already on, and I believe this is the spirit of Antichrist. I do. How do you, you know, when John says, don't bid the, the one who bears Antichrist doctrine Godspeed, because you'll be a partaker in his wicked deeds. Don't even bid him a good day. You can give them the gospel if that's what you want to do, but don't bid him a good day, or you're partaker of their, good, of their evil deeds. Here's Mike Johnson talking about Israel. Just take a listen to this. 
Steve Scalise mentioned that our, my first act as the speaker was to bring the resolution to make formal and, and official in the congressional record our resolve to stand with Israel and against the barbarism of Hamas and all of its accomplices. But I, I want you to know, yeah. It's not an accident that the first resolution was for Israel and my first trip was to come and be with you. I want everybody to know where we stand. Yeah. Who's we? You got a mouse in your pocket, man? Thank you. Thank you. Listen to these people. I hope they hear this around the world. I hope they know where we stand. There's no ambiguity about this. Jewish students today are no longer feeling safe on their college campuses where liberal administrators are actively supporting and promoting and protecting organizations which are solely dedicated to anti-Israel propaganda. But we must not only call out these anti-Semitic attacks, we must act. So as Steve mentioned, in the week ahead, House Republicans will work swiftly to pass legislation to provide Israel much-needed resources in their fight against these barbaric terrorists. We will stand with Israel. Okay, all right. Again, do you got a mouse in your pocket? Because I don't see that in Article 1 where you're to be giving our money to other countries, including Israel. And I've said this. It doesn't matter if it's a Muslim country, Israel, Africa, Russia, any of that. Charity is the work of the individual. It's not the work of government. And this guy does not speak for me. I don't know if he speaks for you or not, Okay. I, I, I don't know if he speaks for you or not. But I don't stand with it. I stand on the principles that to sit here and murder people indiscriminately, whether it's Israelis or Palestinians or whatever the case is, is wrong. And I'm going to tell you, you watch what Israel does in response to allegedly what Hamas the, the organization they controlled, and I, I got to tell you, if you think they're not controlling them now in some way, I just, I think you don't know what's going on. I, I, just, I really do. I really do. This is, this is a little bit more from Mike, and I got one or two more I want to do, just with this issue of Israel. And then I want to read you something that Chuck Baldwin wrote yesterday, because it's really, it's really, really good uh, in, in tackling this issue. This is Mike again. Strongly. And by the way, he's speaking at the Republican and, and Jewish I want to Coalition. Echo another message uh, that, that may have been shared here over the day. This message is to the UN. There will be a ceasefire only when Hamas ceases to be a threat to Israel. Israel, Israel and the U.S. enjoy an unbreakable bond that's forged over decades, of course, of bilateral assistance. And there are lots of reasons that we do that. They are obviously our greatest ally in the Middle East, and clearly they are one of our most important friends. Yeah, the ally, ally that Kelly and I have so enjoyed stuff our away own trips them. to Israel. Uh, we, most recently, we went with our, our dear friends, uh, Congressman Jim Jordan and his wife, Polly. Um, on that trip, yeah, Jim Jordan always gets a shout. That's right. He's known everywhere. We were walking down the streets of Jerusalem, and people are coming up, Jim Jordan, selfies. I'm like, really? Here I'm. And at that time, they said, hey, will you take our picture? I was the photographer. <laughs> Seriously. This morning, Prime Minister Netanyahu said uh, unequivocally, this is his quote, this is our second war of liberation 
We're going to fight, and it will be the good over evil, light over darkness. Yeah, that's Freemasonic uh, kind of talk right the there. Um, the Prime Minister called me, and I, I used those very words myself. I said, I said, Bibi, it's good over evil. It's, it's, um, it's light over darkness. We all see that. I assure the Prime Minister of our unwavering or wavering support of Israel and her people, and I assured him that our Congress, and under my leadership, we will be there until the end. We will be there until the end of this conflict. As, as, a, as, a, as a Christian, I know and we believe that the Bible teaches very clearly. No, we don't believe. Israel, that God will bless the nation that blesses Israel. All right, we're going to look at that, too. Peace of Jerusalem, exactly. Oh, no, zero understanding of what those scriptures are talking about. Zero. I want to ask you something. We're in the year 2023. When was this geopolitical structure that we call Israel, when was it founded? 1948. It was hoisted in by the UN under the guise of, okay, these people have been oppressed and they've been, you know, the genocide and all this. By the way, do yourself a favor. You can go over to my Setting Brush Fires channel on Rumble and you can pull up Six million. I think it, it. I think it's six million. I think that's what it is, and it's in numbers. Okay, I, I may be wrong about that. Go and look at the headlines out of the New York Times, out of the uh, I don't know what all was in there. Was the Washington Times or the Washington Standard? I, I don't remember the Washington Standards. Me, <laughs> Washington uh, Post, any of that other stuff. I, I don't remember what all. There were big headlines. Most of them were in the New York Times. This was before. It was. I think it was before World War One. They were already running. Six million Jews were being killed. They were going to be exterminated. This was half of their, their population, all this kind of stuff. They were told six million were killed. I, look, I'm not a Holocaust denier, but I don't buy the numbers that they give us. I, and I've seen the evidence. I come to my own conclusion about it. I don't hate Jews, but I, I, I hate the lies that were given too. But you'll see that they were already putting in the minds of the people six million Jews, six million Jews, six million Jews, long before Hitler was on the scene. Long before that. And here again, here is Mike promoting this stuff. And he's saying, oh, if you, you know, the Bible, we believe this. Again, do you got a mouse in your pocket? Because you're not talking for me. And you're not talking for many of the believers that I know who actually read the Word of God and meditate on it and have studied and thought about it. And I realize people can come to different conclusions. I get all that. But I think it's abundantly clear that what he's saying is not true. In fact, if we go back, here's what we actually read. You know, bless those who bless you, curse. Okay. Genesis chapter 12. And the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. Now, who's that to? That's to Abraham. That's not to what Mike just said. That's to Abraham. And curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Oh, how are you going to bless all the families of the earth, Lord, through Abraham? Because there's a promised seed. Not many of them, but of one, as of the Christ. That's Galatians chapter 3. Maybe we'll get to that in just a little bit. Here we have Johnson, and let's listen to what else he has to say. 
So what is your response and have you spoken to the president about his request to tie the money together uh, between Israel and Ukraine? Well, listen, we're going to move a standalone Israel funding bill this week in the House. I know uh, our colleagues, our Republican uh, colleagues in the Senate uh, have a similar measure. We believe that that is a pressing and urgent need. There, there are lots of things going on around the world uh, that we have to address, and we will. Uh, but right now, what's happening in Israel uh, takes the immediate attention. This is nonsense. Mike, Article 1, show me where you have authority to be taking our money... You, our slave, our servant, where do you have the authority to take our money and give it to anybody else, including Americans? I, look, you know how I am about the welfare system. I don't think Americans ought to be getting it either. Article 1 allows Congress to write certain laws. It contains them. It corrals them. It is the fencing that's supposed to be around. It's supposed to be, as the old guy said, the chains of the Constitution. But those chains are only as strong as the people who these guys work for. I mean, it's only as strong as the people who are going to hold them accountable. I got a question, Mike. You say you're a Christian. Why are you stealing our money and giving it to another country we didn't authorize you to do? You need to repent. And so does anybody else who agrees with him who would vote for this stuff. And it isn't just Israel. It's all these other countries that we're funding. Where did we say that's okay to do in Article 1? We never said it. We never said it. And he sits there with this, look at that. This goofy look on his face. Well, we're going to get an, an, an Israel package. You have no authority to fund Israel any more than you do Ukraine. Any more than you do welfare systems in this country. None. And all of these guys, I don't care if they got a red jersey on or a blue one, an R or a D, a C or an L or whatever they got on, you can divide them into these two groups, the lawful and the lawless. And everybody else falls into that too. They're not right or left. We need to, again, we need to get out of that kind of language. They're not right or left. They're either lawful or they're lawless. It's one or the other. And they might be lawful in some areas and, and lawless in others. That's why they need to be called repentance. Just like we all do. That's the message that's called. But this is stealing. There's no nice way to say it. It is stealing, and it's doing it for political grandstanding and for funding God knows what. And God probably is the only one who knows what is being funded uh, in all of this. But we saw where the money went for Ukraine, didn't we? Big old Rolexes and cars and houses and all this other stuff. Yeah, that's where that, they stole our money. And they sent those guys. They're doing the same thing with Israel. Here he is again. Extraordinary crisis right What's now. Let's spend that money. And the world needs us to be strong. They need us to remember our creed and our admonition. Turmoil and violence have rocked the Middle East and Eastern Europe. We all know it. And tensions continue to build in the Indo-Pacific. The country demands strong leadership of this body. And we must not waver. Our, our, our nation's greatest ally in the Middle East is under attack. The first bill that I'm going to bring to this floor in just a little while will be in support of our dear friend Israel, and we're overdue in getting that done. Look, he gets a standing ovation. Look, and by the way, he's getting it on both sides. There's some people sitting down, but you guys are watching it. I want you to see the we're going other to show side of the aisle Israel, standing But point. the entire world, 
that the barbarism of Hamas that we have all seen play out on our television screens is wretched and wrong, and we are going to stand for the good in that conflict. Okay. All right. We could just write. I wish I had like a whiteboard thing. I'd just write this right here. Thief. That's what he is doing. That's what he's, that's what he's pushing for. And again, you guys were watching the House chambers. There were very few people sitting down. I don't know if they're too old, they don't feel good, or they just didn't agree. I don't, I don't know. They're way over on the, from his podium, they're way over on the right. So they're on the quote-unquote Democrat side. But, the, but those guys were standing and applauding him too. Oh, I thought they didn't like Israel. I thought, you know, they didn't want all this stuff. Remember that convention stuff that they did back in, what was it, 2012? Oh, they're supporting it just the same. They really are. They play a game. They play a game with the people. But the fact of the matter is, again, Mike, Article 1, where do you have authority to do what you just said and to steal our money and give it to your alleged good ally friends in Israel? Now, I'm against Hamas, okay? But I just see Hamas as the extension of Israel. Like I see ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any of these other groups. I, I see them as extensions of our CIA. Kind of like the, uh, uh, what is it? The, um, ah, I can't even remember the thing. But I just see them as an extension of that. So I am against Hamas, okay? But the fact of the matter is, is that Israel has brought this, they brought this on themselves, by teaming up with Hamas. That was the, that's the whole point of what, why I even bring that up. They've brought it on themselves because they've aligned themselves with people like Hamas. And then they try to distance themselves in the media. They control the media and they control the narrative. I could play that guy who was former Mossad. Maybe I can find that one right quick. Um, and maybe we could play it. I, I doubt I can because... Uh, because... Google wants to be, not Google, Rumble wants to be a troublemaker when it comes to me trying to search for these things. So what I want to do is, I've got about 30 seconds here, and I, I can't find the thing. I'm going to scroll down it real quick, but there's a, there's a Mossad agent, or former Mossad agent, and uh, this guy has talked about uh, how they control the narrative. And I find it pretty fascinating. So here's what I'm going to do. We got like 10 seconds here. Just going to fill the, the last little bit here. If you want to join us, sonsoflibertymedia.com before it's news.com or our Rumble channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Join us over there. I'm going to see if I can find this. I've got one I'm going to play about Trump here a second. And then we may jump into some scripture again uh, just to see what, what it's saying. It's scriptures we've covered before. But Bradley be with you at 3. And Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 8 a.m., bright and early, Kate Shimarani. Talk to you then. See ya. Okay, all right. I want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio and uh, the other affiliates. I, I forget the Missouri and then Jeff's radio. <laughs> America, ah, I forget the thing. I don't, know why, I don't know why I forget that. It should be easy to remember. Uh, but we appreciate you guys coming over and uh, for the other guys carrying us. I don't. I don't see this. Here he is. Okay, here it is. This is a former Israeli Mossad guy. His name is Victor Ostrovsky. Okay? I want you to listen. This, you tell me whether you believe him or not. This is a former Mossad agent 
Victor Ostrovsky. Listen to what he says, how Israel controls the narrative. Here it is. Now, I know what they do because I used to ask them to do it. I mean, when I was in the Mossad and we had a guy that gave us problems in the U.S. and he was speaking out and he was talking like, like Pete talked once and said, Israel is bombing Lebanon with cluster bombs. We say, hey, who's that guy? You know, Pete Makaki, we used to call him. Yeah, which is Pete the cockroach. Because he makes a lot of noise and you can't get rid of him. So what you do is you get in touch with a guy in, in, the, in the station in New York or in the station in Washington. You say, tell the guys at B'nai to label him. And of course the campaign starts and before you know it, the guy's labeled. And he's an anti-Semite. Because that's what we say he is. And that's one stain you cannot wash. Now, it shames me as a Jew to tell you that. But that's the fact. And it's wrong. Ah, it is wrong. I'm glad he said it. But you heard it. Look, this isn't Tim Brown said. That's a former Mossad agent telling you how they do it. And they do it well. But I think people are to the point where they're not having it anymore. These people that pop in the comments that call me anti-Semitic, it's just, you're just you're so far off base you don't even know what you're talking about. You've bought the lie, hook, line, and sinker. You've bought the lie, and it's going to destroy you, and it's going to destroy your kids. How is that? Because what do you think they're ramping all this World War III stuff up for? All this talk about a draft. Yep, you're not getting my kids, I'm telling you right now. Ain't going to happen. And we're not running to some other country or something to flee a draft. The draft is unconstitutional. Or did they not read the Constitution's amendments? You can't be having that servitude stuff going on here, bruh. Forcing people into the military is not part of a free state. It is a part of totalitarianism. It doesn't make you patriotic because you responded to the draft. It doesn't. I don't care what anybody says. There's nothing about that. In fact, Scripture goes the opposite direction. It talks about if men have just gotten married. Go, go be with your wife. If they just planted a vineyard, go deal with your vineyard. If you just built the house and it didn't move, go move into the house. If you're a coward... Go home and be a coward. Don't be here. There was no forced compliance to be in the militia or the army of Israel. It's not forced compliance. Force, by definition, implies you don't have freedom. You don't have liberty. And this guy says they'll target you and they'll call you names. Sounds like Marxism, doesn't it? It's because it is. Because it is. So we've had these protests that have gone on. I want to bring this one out too. We've had these protests come on. And there's no doubt in my mind, listen guys, I am not ignorant of what's going on. There's no doubt in my mind that there's some wicked people in, the, in some of these protests. And they are definitely for Hamas. Okay? But there are also people that I've seen in some of these protests who aren't for Hamas, but they do want to stand with the people of Palestine, who are being murdered too. 
And they know the story of what the Israeli government has been doing there and how they've been getting rid of them over the decades. You can see the maps. You can see how they began to drive them out. And they want them completely gone. They want to swallow up all that land there. And more. And they want to use us doing it. Well, Mike Johnson, you don't speak for me. And you don't speak for a lot of Bible-believing Christians. You don't. And neither does Donald Trump. Listen to this stuff. I just, again, keep in mind when he says this, he's lumping them together. He's lumping the Hamas protesters or supporters with the supporters of the people of Palestine. And those are two different groups. They really are. Some of them may mingle into the Hamas. Some of the Palestinians do mingle in Hamas. I'm not saying that. But that's not the bulk of what's going on there with the Palestinians. The Palestinians are fed up with some of the stuff they're getting here, okay? Here's what Donald Trump has to say about the matter. Not gonna be getting into our country. I will cancel the student visas of Hamas and sympathizers on college campuses. The college campuses are being taken over and all of the resident aliens who joined in the pro-jihadist protest this month, nobody's ever seen anything like it. Come 2025, we will find you and we will deport you. We will deport you. Okay. All right. He's going to deport him. Um, now, is he going to make distinction of those who support his innocent Palestinian people versus Hamas? Because they're at the thing. I'll guarantee you he's not. This is one of the things that I wanted to bring Kim Iverson on the show because she did a great show showing that. That that's what they were doing. They just lumped everybody. They lumped anybody who supported Palestine but didn't support Hamas. They just lumped them into, you know, they're terrorist supporters. Well, maybe there are some. I'm not denying that. But you hear what he's telling you. If we think, whether you've actually committed a crime or not, if we think promotion of fear, and look, there's some, there's some things to be fearful of, like God, because the results of what we're seeing now with all this invasion that's happening on our southern border and, and other places, these various kinds of religious uh, communities that are springing up that are outside of Scripture, all of those are because we've not feared God. And he tells us he's going to bring those things on him. I mean, we're at the latter stages of Deuteronomy 28. I, I don't know what's hard to see about that. You know, this guy I was talking about at the first who was commenting, uh, you know, he was talking about, well, you don't have eyes to see. You can't see. I see exactly what's going on. I, know, I see exactly what they're doing. I don't deny that. I just choose not to buy the narrative. I'm not going to live my life according to whatever's going on on the other side of the world. And I don't like people who are supposed to work for me stealing my money and giving it to people on the other side of the world. And I don't care who they are. They haven't been authorized to do it. It's like they just stole our checkbook and they're just writing checks to whoever they want, all their buddies. And they are their buddies. They're not mine. They're their buddies. When I think when these guys mean Israel is our ally, they mean they're our buddies. 
And I think that's what's going on. So let me hit this real quick, because we've been down this road many times, but this has to be... I, I can read this on blue in the face, but here's the thing. I believe the Word of God does not go out in vain. I believe God sends it out with a purpose, and it doesn't matter how many times we have to throw that seed out, we trust God for the harvest of it, okay? So this is why I give this over and over, and, and you guys have heard me read it, but I'm going to do it again. Many people know Ephesians 2.8, 8 and 9. For by grace you saved through faith, not of yourselves, the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Everybody gets that, okay? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Then he says this. Again, going back to who is Israel? What did Jesus just tell us about these guys? Did I even finish Jesus? No, I didn't. Let me finish Jesus, then let's go over there. Let's go back to Jesus. I didn't get that part. He says, you're of your father, the devil. These were the guys who were the Jews. They claimed they were Abraham's seed. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth... Ye believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. And answered the Jews, and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan, and hast a devil? See, there's that, there's that line where they're at, a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right there. And Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my Father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, I, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then the Jews unto him, then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead in the prophets, and thou sayest, If a man keepeth my saying, he shall never taste of death? Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophet's dead? Who makest thou thyself? And Jesus answered, I, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. You know, if I toot my own horn, it means nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet, you've not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and keep his saying... Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Watch this again. And the Jews said unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, what's that, what's, what's that little phrase? I am. I am. Hmm. That really got their goat. For they took up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to see that. But I want you to notice what Jesus is saying. Before Abraham was, in the past, I am. They're all throughout the Gospel of John. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am, I am, I am, I am. 
Who is Jesus? He is the great I am. And he looked at these guys who said they were Jews and were of Abraham's seed, and he says, your daddy's the devil. Jesus, you anti-Semite. Haven't you read the scriptures, Jesus? Don't you know who the true Israel is? Those guys are Israelites. They're the true Israel because they came from the loins of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's the way the modern people want to present that. That's not what Jesus says. And I have to ask the question, if you say, no, that's not true, then what is Jesus saying? What is he saying? And this is not said so that people hate people who call themselves Jews. I don't hate any of them. Okay? I hate the ideology, though. I hate it with a passion. I really do. Back to Ephesians. Let's pick that up. Sorry, jumped all over the place. But that was a good part right there. That was the good part that I was really going for right there in that passage of John. So here this one is. It says, Wherefore remember, verse 11, Ephesians chapter 2, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, so he's, he's talking about those who are outside the covenant people, they weren't a part of Israel, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision. You understand that. The uncircumcision are the Gentiles, the circumcision are the Jews, right? Just going over this for anybody who might be new with us. In the flesh, made by hands. So he's talking about you either had your foreskin cut off as a man, as, as a as a as a male, or you didn't. That's what distinguished you. Okay, that at that time you were with Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You guys were outside the covenant people. You weren't part of the commonwealth. Think about that a second. The commonwealth, the blessings of Israel. They were given to Israel and to nobody else. And strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. How? By your good deeds? By your pedigree? By your claims? By your works? Nope. By the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ. For he, that's Christ, is our peace. Peace with who? Peace with the Father? Peace with our fellow man? I mean, you know, Paul says we should live at peace with all men as much as is possible with us. We've had relative peace, at least here in this country, in the country itself. Not what we brought on other countries, but at least in this country we've had relative peace up until the last, I don't know, several years where all the race baiting and all the division and everything has come from. And look, division is not necessarily a bad thing if it's for the truth. God doesn't need a majority, and I don't, I don't know why. You know, I try, to, I try to be peaceful with people. I try to listen. I try to understand where they're coming from. And then I try, you know, if I agree with them, I agree with them. If I want to correct them, then I try to correct them. But I try to live at peace with people. Having abolished, uh, he says this, who hath made both one. That's key right there. Both one, both, who's the both? What's he talking about? He says, Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision and the Jews who are circumcision. He's made Jew and Gentile what? What does he say? He made them both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He's writing to the Ephesians. He's a Jew. There's probably some Jews in there too. 
but there's a lot of Gentiles in there as well. And he says, God broke down the wall of partition that was dividing us as Jews and Gentiles, and he's made us one new man. Praise the Lord. Having abolished in his flesh, flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances. See, he didn't listen to what he's saying. Even the law of commandments in ordinances. He didn't abolish the moral law. That continues on. That's why you that's how you determine what sin is, and that's why you need that's why you can present a gospel of a savior from sin. So the moral law continues on, but he talks about these ordinances. All this the 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 religious activity. All of those things that were combined with um, ceremonial clean, cleansing and, you know, all the ceremonies and the all that's been done away with in Christ. For to make in it, and, and by the way, Colossians, Paul writes the same thing. He talks about these ordinances or these commands. They've been nailed to the cross. We're not having to do those anymore. This is why I would tell my, my good friend uh, Tom, who was a Jew, you know, I'd tell him, I'd say, you know, you, you guys take and you twist up the feasts and everything to accommodate it because you can't do them the way the Lord said. And I said, I keep them all because they're in Christ. He's the fulfillment of all of those things. And if I'm in him, then his, you know, as, as, as Paul helps us to understand the book of Romans, then Jesus's righteousness is imputed to me if I'm in him. Perfect righteousness, no sin. By the way, you heard Mike Johnson mentioned the, well, I told B.B. that this is a fight against, you know, light and darkness. Well, wait a minute. Read First John. In the Father, there is no darkness. There's no darkness. How much darkness is in Israel? They hold to Antichrist doctrines. That is darkness. That's in the same epistle, First John. They hold to the very things... That John says, you don't bid somebody Godspeed, and yet America says, no, we stand with you. We want to bless you. We're going to not only stand with you, we're going to bid you Godspeed, and we're going to give you money and troops and weapons and all because you're our ally. And we think, and this is them, the we is them, Mike and his mouse in his pocket and all those people are clapping. We think you are the biblical Israel. We don't have enough sense or enough spiritual understanding to understand that the Israel of God are all those who are in Christ Jesus. God made us one man. He's not intending to break it up again. If we go over to Galatians chapter 3 again, I know I did this the other week, but again, this is, this is front and center for what we're at. This is the best time for people to hear this kind of stuff. And I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. I get it. They don't want to hear it because they've been so trained in that. And many of them, sadly, they don't read their Bibles at all. Or if they do, it's very rare. And so they haven't taken the time to really look into it. They've just taken whatever they've been taught from a pulpit or online or whatever the case may be. I'm just taking you to the source. I'm reading it in the context. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted for, to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Mm. Anybody hear any echoes of what Jesus said in John chapter 8? You say you're Abraham's children, but you're seeking to kill me. Abraham wouldn't be doing that. So Paul's clearing it up. 
Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, not which they are of a pedigree, but they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. People who don't have faith are not children of Abraham. And I'm talking about real, genuine, saving faith in the Lord Jesus. That's what his whole, Paul's whole gospel is about Christ. He's going to tell you that in a second. If they don't have, listen, because I see it. I've seen it in newscasts. I've seen it on podcasts. I've seen it from conservatives, from Christians, all this. And they want to give this away. They want to say, well, there are three Abrahamic faiths, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. That's what they want to say. Not according to the scriptures. There's one Abrahamic faith. Why? Because there's only one promise given to Abraham, and that is the nations of the world would be blessed through his seed. And we're going to tell you who that is, because the scripture is going to tell us in just a minute. And it's not physical descendants like people who want to call themselves Jews today. It's not. It's not that. So let's look at what Paul writes in Galatians. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Mm. I can remember getting in a discussion with a friend of mine. Uh, he was a Southern Baptist preacher. And I said, you know, this is when I was a new Christian. I was like, whoa. I said, I read this. Galat I still remember the conversation. It was early morning. We were getting ready to go to work. I'm sitting in his office. He's doing some paperwork before we head out. I think we were going probably to Raleigh or something like that to work. And we're sitting. I said, man, I, read, I was reading through Galatians. And it said the gospel was preached to Abraham. When did that happen? But as you, as you go down, you see how the gospel was preached. And our friend Bob Sisson, we're going to bring him on sometime this month. He's going to be releasing his app, The Gospel and the Stars. I don't know if that's what he's calling it, but we're going to talk about that because that's been there from the beginning. In fact, the Bible says that the sun, moon, and stars are put there for times and seasons, for years, all these kinds of things, and, uh, and for signs. And so I think you had a picture in the what's called the... Um, Oh, the constellations there. I think you have a, uh, a picture of what the gospel is as you make your way around. And if you, don't, if you don't believe me, you can get a head start. You can look up D. James Kennedy, The Gospel and the Stars. You'll probably see it. He did this uh, probably in the 90s, I think, is when I saw it. He may have done it in the 80s, but I saw it in the 90s. But uh, he did this on here, and he showed what they were. Astrology. Astrology is the bad side of it. It's trying to read the stars and all this stuff and doing that. That's not what this is. Um, but in any case... That's there. So, what happens? How are the nations blessed? Well, he tells us. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. Yeah, even your Old Testament prophets and saints and all that, they weren't justified by the law. I've heard Christians say, well, they were justified by keeping the law. Nonsense. Nonsense. They were sinners just like we. The fall affected them just like it did us. They were saved in the same manner we are, by believing God. And then he says this, And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. 
Praise the Lord, he has. Being made a curse for us, our sin was imputed to him. That means it was transferred over in his account. And his righteousness was imputed to us. And David said, blessed is the man to whom God does not impute sin. Instead, we got imputed righteousness from Christ. Hmm. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. You know, the passion of Christ couldn't even do real justice with all of the gore and everything it did in it. It couldn't even do justice to what Jesus endured because it doesn't get inside his mind and his heart as to what's going on. What he faced, the wrath of God in the hands of men. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or it addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Listen carefully if you're one of these guys that go, well, these are the descendants of Abraham, blah, blah. Listen to what he says. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into seeds. He's not talking about a group of people. That is not where the promise was. As of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is who? Christ. Jesus the Christ is who was being spoken about in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 15 and Genesis chapter 17. He is the child of promise. He's, I, mean, I know we tie that to, it, to Isaac, and he was a promised child, no question about that. Jesus is the promised seed. He is the promised seed. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. At that time, we, we saw the law come, and it came through Moses. He was the mediator of that covenant through the angel, with the angels. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, fairly righteousness should have been by the law. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put in on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female. Now we're not saying that people don't have ethnicities or genders or 
certain statuses. We're not saying that. What we're saying is when they come into the church, none of that stuff matters because they are in Christ. doesn't matter if you're a Jewish banker or if you're a, 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 an American factory worker. Okay? Or a Middle Eastern peasant. Whatever, the, whatever your status is, whatever your gender is, or whatever your, your ethnicity is, if you have faith in Christ, none of that matters in the body as far as some kind of special status that you have. You have all been brought into the commonwealth of Israel by the Lord Jesus. Okay? And then he says this. There's not these things, and he, he says that right here. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, pay attention to this, if ye be Christ, then are ye what? What is that? What, what, what does it say there? Does it say Abraham's seed? That's what it says, doesn't it? Didn't Jesus just get through telling people that said they were of Abraham's seed, they were Abraham was their father, that their father was the devil? Yes, he did. And not only are we Abraham's seed, we're heirs according to the promise. Now listen, there are Israelis who are Christian. They're in this with me and you. There are people who come from Muslim lands who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They are Christian. They are in this with me and you, despite their ethnicity difference. There are people in Russia, in Europe, in Africa, in Australia, in every country of the world, among every tongue that the people speak, there are God's people. How do I know that? The Bible tells me so. Jesus receives praise and glory from his people. Why? Because thou hast saved out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. And let me ask you something. Going back to this Israel, Palestine, all this other stuff. What does the world want to do with that? It wants to rip it apart. It wants to destroy it. It wants to roll it back. And sadly, the modern church wants to do the same thing. It wants to create this division between, quote-unquote, Jews and Gentiles, which we just read out of Ephesians chapter 2, says that doesn't happen in the church. We are one new man. Sinful man can rip at that and tear at that all they want to, and they're fools for their pains. Because what God has joined together in that, in the same way a marriage happens, ain't no man going to tear it apart. He's not going to tear it apart. If you're in Christ, we are one. We are one. If you're not in Christ, I can't say that. I might agree with you on some things, but I can't say that we're one. We don't have the same head. We're not a part of the same body. So when you're hearing all this stuff about Israel, and you're going to hear a bunch of it, especially from your these guys who are just front and center, whether it's Trump, Mike Johnson, any of these guys, if they're at front and center, be, be wary about what they're telling you. The scriptures are the truth. That's what we need to filter all this Israel, Palestine, Hamas, world news, all this. We need to filter it through what the Bible says. When somebody calls themselves Israel, and they say they're the chosen people of God, and they're real Jews and this, that, and the other, but they believe Antichrist doctrine, and they act in the spirit, with the spirit of Antichrist, 
What are they? They're Antichrist. They're of their father, the devil. Because if they were Abraham's seed, they would love the Lord Jesus Christ. They would bow their knee to King Jesus. And they would submit themselves, their families, and their governments to King Jesus. But they don't do that. Why? Because they're Antichrist. Does that make me anti-Semitic? I'll leave that up to you. I've already told you what a Semite is. I harbor no anger. Lord knows. It sees my heart right now. I hold no anger, no animosity, no malice towards any Israeli, any Muslim, Russian, African. I mean, I just don't have it. But if you're listening and you're one of those people, the command is the same to you as it is to me, it is to everybody listening, and that's to repent of your sin. Put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to His rule. And you'll really be children of Abraham. You'll really be children of Abraham. May God grant it. Bradley, be with you at 3. And Lord willing, we'll see you back here in the morning, 8 a.m. with Kate Shimrani. Talk to you then. See you.